Welcome to Geek Catch-Up. I'm Kyle Eckert alongside Chris Heck. We're two lifelong friends with a passion for all things geek. Whether it's gaming, movies, television, wrestling, comics, whatever. If it's nerdy, there's a good chance we're into it. You are listening to Chapter 14 of Season 1. Today, we're sitting down with Emily Bateman from the podcast Game of Groans. We'll catch up with Emily, hear all about her favorite shows, video games, and of course, talk about her Game of Thrones podcast. Before we get started here, Chris and I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for listening to this chapter and thank you to everyone that's been listening. There's a lot going on in the world right now and we appreciate you choosing to spend your time with us. Hopefully everyone is staying safe and healthy. Also, we hope that in this short time you're hanging out with us, it's a nice break from the high stress we're all experiencing. Usually this is the part where I ask you to spread the word about Geek Catch-Up on social media and to stay saucy. Instead, I'll ask that you spread the word on using common sense, smart social distancing, and to quote Braun Strowman, remember to wash those hands. So Kyle and I are excited to be here today with a friend of Geek Catch-Up and fellow podcaster, Emily Bateman. Today, we're going to be chatting about a bunch of great topics from the world of geekery, but we, before we do, how are you this morning, Emily? I'm good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Yeah, doing well, doing well. Hanging out inside, just like always for the last few weeks? Yep. Inside kids, all of us. <laughs> we get to look out the window and see the sun, but can't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been definitely a weird time, but it's... It's also a blessing in its own way because it gives us geeks a ton of time to geek out on all the things that we like to do. And so that was one thing we're going to spend some time here today talking about is is what uh, Emily's been geeking out on lately. Probably a couple things that Kyle and I have been doing as well. But since Emily is our guest, we want to focus in on that. So what have you been geeking out on lately, Emily? Okay, so the biggest stuff, and I'm sure nobody is unfamiliar with this at this point, Animal Crossing, duh. And um, I recently got Link's Awakening for the Switch too, which is a little older, but I was excited about it because I don't normally do a lot of like one player on your own adventure things. So, um, and it reminded me of Wind Waker, which I did like on the GameCube. And he's so tiny and cute. So <laughs> it looked, it was, it was pretty fun. So those are the two, two big ones, especially as far as like video games, what I'm really focused on almost every day. Sure. Well, they both have a similar look. Now, with the uh, update of Link's Awakening, I noticed that the graphics are very similar to to what they did in the new Animal Crossing. But admittedly, Kyle and I are actually the weirdos in the group and maybe the weirdos <laughs> in the world. True. But, you know, I saw that Animal Crossing, the new one, has sold over 11 million units. But Kyle and I were not a part of that. We have never played Animal Crossing. So we wanted to spend some time and kind of figure out what exactly is Animal Crossing. <laughs> it's a ridiculous game. And so, so I started when it came out for the GameCube and that was the first one. And so, um, I grew up, I have a younger brother and an older sister. So all the consoles were shared. And so we had a lot of like multiplayer, super smash Mario Kart. Um, there's Mario tennis. I'm sorry. Oh, like any Pokemon Mario party. Mario party. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Oh, and soul Calibur. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. So this was like a weird game that came out like, I don't even know why my brother wanted it, but he did. And so we got it. And turns out it was one of the ones that needed like that really big, like 128 megabyte um, oh, uh, memory yeah. card. <laughs> like you needed to put your whole little village on a card. And since the um, the GameCube didn't save anything, you had to have the memory cards anyway uh, for like save data. 
in the days of memory cards. Oh my gosh, I know. Uh, you had to. We had a label maker, so we had each like initial child's initials on them, so you didn't get them confused with like whose it was and everything. Because they all look the same. Yes, they're all like black <laughs> or gray or something. So either you put a sticker on it or you just you don't know. Yep. So it was like this whole weird thing where you needed the card and you needed this. And so like you just you come into a city and all the people, all the villagers are animals and you come into this place and there's this raccoon named Tom Nook. And he's like, hey, you want to live here? Here's a house. You owe me lots of money now. Now go cut <laughs> down trees, pick fruit, like do you all this. Slumlord? <laughs> Tom Nook slumlord? <laughs> A raccoon, uh, yeah, a raccoon slumber. <laughs> he's just like he monopolizes whatever city you're in. He runs the um the he runs the mortgages basically. He owns the one shop in town where you can buy and sell things. <laughs> like he he runs the entire island and the drug um, dealer in a Michael Bay movie. Basically, <laughs> yes, yes, with a um yeah without real words because um when they talk it's like this weird like jarble kind of like sim whatever language okay but they all have different and then like obviously you see the text but it's like this weird like animal crossing language that they all say and so you're basically just paying off your house and you're decorating <laughs> your house and then once you pay it off he's like don't you want to have a bigger house or an expansion or a different color roof and you're like yeah i do so then you like owe him even more money and then you pay that off and it's like this whole it's so weird that like i don't know it's just like it's it's calming because that's all you're doing um so in this new one you're on like an island and it's really cool because like now you can and i i didn't like play the ones in between so i think some stuff happened in between but you can like craft furniture and you can go to other islands and invite people to live in your island so a big thing is like you can dislike some of the villagers because that's possible because some of them are trash and there's like 400 of them <laughs> that you can get. And you can only have 10 people live on your Island. Okay. So you can either like try and force them to go away by like hitting them with a net and like sending them letters and stuff. <laughs> and then they, and then they leave or, um, or you just wait for them to like leave under their own volition or something. It's just, it's very odd. So it sounds like some zany chaos for one. It's so weird. And like so many people are spending so much either real money or fake money to like get the characters that they want or build the place that they want. I mean, the prices, the inflation in this game is ridiculous (laughs) because I got the last expansion, which is a basement. It was like 1.2 million bells, which is the money currency. So it's like 1.2 million dollars for a basement in a house. And I was like, you guys, because you end up, you get, you start off with a tent because you're on an island and you get a house. And then I think you expand the house and then you get one, two, three rooms downstairs. Then you get an upstairs. Then you get a basement. (laughs) So, yeah. Then you made it. Yes. Then I've made it. Yeah. Once I pay this one off, I've expanded my house as big as I can. Um, Because what happened is that I got it the first day it came out because it released March 20th. And so I was supposed to be gone uh, on vacation because I was going to the, oh, where was it? The Boston Ace Comic Con. And I was going to meet Chris Evans. I had paid for my photo and everything. Oh, no. Yep. Yep. Captain America. Uh, so upset. And so that was canceled, but I had five days off anyway. And I was like, screw that. I'm not going to work. I'm going to 
order pre-order this so that it appears on my <laughs> Nintendo Switch the day it comes out, and I'm gonna play it for five days, and that's what I did, and I literally have not stopped playing it every day at least for like an hour or so since. Wow, because it's just something you can do. You like pick fruit. You, you know, you can hit rocks and you get stuff, or sometimes you get money out of the rocks for whatever reason. Okay. Um, you can. Plant flowers is a big thing. You have to have a certain rating for your island and you have to like put more scenery and there's different types of flowers. And so it's kind of like a second life kind of situation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you're so you're the only the player is the only human on the mm-hmm. island. So yep. the whole that's the whole animal aspect is that yes. every other person is animals. OK. OK. Yeah. The way that they've set it up is that if more than one person is playing on the switch, you're on the same island. So it's one island per switch. And that was the same with the GameCube one island per memory card. OK. We learned that the hard way when me and my sibling played, we ended up on the same island. We're like, wait a second, because you don't get to do as much stuff. Like if one person plays first, they take all the fruit, they take all the stuff. The second person comes in and you're like, there's nothing to do. It doesn't reset. And like the fruit grows back in like three days. So it's not like, oh, but that was the whole, I feel like I'm jumping everywhere. In the GameCube, that was when you could do the time jumping and it didn't matter because everything was set up already in the game every event every animal that you could catch or any fish or anything like that no internet so it wasn't connected right and so we learned that and it was like okay we're gonna go through seasons we're gonna go through like all my fruit was planted on this day and we're gonna jump three days ahead and get all the fruit (laughs) and so um so that was fine now it's very controversial because it's connected to the internet and they're pushing updates and so if you jump ahead you have to go back in time to get the update because it comes out a specific day. Uh, and I don't really know how that's affecting people because you used to get penalized if you forgot where you were and you jumped back. There would be this little, I think he was a mole, and he would like get mad at you um, for like time jumping and yeah. like the weeds everywhere and your villagers would have left and everything. It was like punishment. <laughs> and I don't know if he like took money from you or something. But now I I said I wasn't going to do that. And it's a slow start because you can only do so much in the first like five days. But after that, you know, it's fine. You can do you can go anywhere. You can do anything. And so it sure. didn't really matter. It sounds like like the core of the game, because you, you mentioned like picking fruits and, you know, harvesting things. Is it a lot of like farming? Not as much actually um because you also catch all the bugs and you catch all the fish and so there's a museum that you have to catch one of each thing and you give it to the guy in the museum and then he puts them on display and then once you catch all of them you get like something special i think okay because there's all these tools you can have there's like a shovel net fishing pole that kind of thing and so once you catch all of the bugs you get a golden fishing net and then once (laughs) you I think and oh and then there's fossils you can dig up and so it's like there's a t-rex fossil that you can have in your museum and everything so it's a lot of yeah it's a lot of fishing catching bugs digging up things um so far no like real gardening but since this is i wouldn't put it past them at this point just because it's so expansive already and they can add more whenever they want yeah and they're releasing it kind of in a good order where like people have, I think the first update was like the whole Easter thing. And that was maybe like two weeks after it came out. So that got people time. And then there was something for like, Oh, what is earth day? They had something for earth day. That was an expansion that released. And so that's pretty cool that it's, they're doing 
consistent mm-hmm. kind of live updates like that to, to keep people engaged. I guess for a game like that, where it really is kind of like we were saying, like that second life almost sounds like the Sims or yes. a little bit of Stardew. Like I know Kyle's into Stardew. Probably yeah. want to talk about that. It sounds exactly like Stardew <laughs> in a wild. Okay. But that is pretty cool to just to constantly give you new stuff to do. So it sounds also like the new one is significantly bigger than some of the older ones were. Yes. And I only have the comparison of uh, the OG to the new. They had one on your phone that was kind of fun, but um, that got kind of, uh, they kept doing events like every other week. And so it got really overwhelming. So I just kind of gave up. But yeah, it's it's a lot different um, as far as. Uh, like what you can do, especially like housewise, and and then there was there's more animals and there's more new characters and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's it's huge for me going from the one on the GameCube to this one. It's just massive and it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's a big generation gap between the two. You know, you had the Wii, the Wii U in there, yeah. multiple handhelds. So there was a lot of a lot of progression from the Nintendo side. Is it actually a multiplayer game or are you kind of just always doing your own thing and then and then other people are around like open world style? Right. On the Switch, only one person can play at a time because uh, you only get one island. And so I think you can have like multiple players, but only one at a time. But what you've done now uh, in this one, you can visit other people's islands. Ah. So that's what a lot of people are doing is like they're trading. And I don't know if you've. My internet's blown. My Facebook is like blown up in like different groups that I'm in, and everybody are like, "I'm trading this for like a thousand bells, and I need this, and I need this, and like, <laughs> and the whole the whole turn up stock market." Have you guys heard of that? I did see that. I saw a headline, and there was some some issue with it or something, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like it just everything I've seen in the headlines. I don't know about you, Kyle, but everything I've seen in the headlines when it comes to Animal Crossing: New Horizons, especially, is like. <laughs> Like that's my overall. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, Yeah, I've seen nothing but memes, and they're all about turnips. And I'm like, what is going on in this game? Like, turnips are gold. Like, basically, um, so there's this little pig that comes every Sunday morning from five to twelve, and she sells turnips. And so, the the two, there are two more raccoons now that are the nephews of Tom Nook, who is the (laughs) monopoly god of animal Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. So they're his little nephews, and so they run the store now. And so every day but Sunday, they will buy turnips, but the price that they're buying turnips for changes every, I think, in morning and afternoon of every day. And it's random, and so hopefully you can sell them for more than you're buying them. And so it's basically, and then people are like trying to find, um, like the actual stock market, they're trying to guess when it's going to go up and what day in yeah. Like when it's going to rise and fall, and <laughs> people are advertising on Twitter that like this is what their price is, and come to my island. I saw something on Twitter that um, Elijah Wood visited this random girl's island because she had a good price on turnips, and then she, <laughs> she was like, he was so nice. And so, like, people are crazy about it. I keep missing the woman selling the turnips, so I don't want this fine. I don't. I made a little bit of money the first time I did it because it was like the first Sunday and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was up that early. And then the other, you know, every other Sunday I played after 12. So I miss it. But, um, but yeah, that's a huge thing. And people are like really getting into it because you can make like, you can buy them for like 63 bells dollars 
And then I've seen people post prices of like 500 that they're buying them for. So it's price gouging turnips. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. And oh, the other thing is they go bad after a week. So you can't hoard them. You have to sell them within the week. I was going to ask that with everything Mm -hmm. being food based. Like, is there a turnover? So you get a week to sell them. So yeah, just for the turnips, any other fruit you can store, like from all the trees, because there's pears, oranges, coconuts, peaches. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, it was. Pears, oranges, coconuts, apples, cherries, I think. So, so yeah, all those ones are fine. And you, when you get to your island, there's only one native fruit and one native flower. And so you can buy different flowers from the store, but also you can visit other islands and you can get them from other people. So I had to visit other people's islands to get all of the fruit. Hmm. Uh, so I started out with peaches and I was like, hey, do you have this? I will trade you this. And so I've done a little bit of visiting. It's funny, it, it it all is kind of adding up to me as like a a younger, like a child's version. And I don't say that offensively because we all play <laughs> stuff. It's Nintendo, right? That's how it is. <laughs> but it's almost like a, a a younger person's version of like Tropico or, or SimCity or The Sims. You know, it, it's uh, kind of like a lot of the same type concepts as those management style games, but in a simpler package. And on a level that, you know, if I had a, a eight-year-old yes. son or something that he would be really into, you know, or he could understand. Yes, it's very colorful. Yeah. <laughs> is the game, like, with things going bad, is there, like, an urgency to the game to go and buy and sell? Or is it more, because I there's so many things that have, in my mind, I've compared it to Stardew Valley. And when I started to play Stardew Valley, that game is very calming. Like you, you do nothing with urgency. So I didn't know if Animal Crossing was the same same vibe. Yes, it's very chill. Um, nothing has to happen quickly. You can go at your own pace, which is kind of nice. Like I think some people are, you know, trying to get things paid off really quickly, and like we'll go to a lot of places, play for like five hours, because it's really just like a lot of like farming. Like the more fish you catch, then you go and sell them. Then you can go catch more fish. So you could do a lot in a day if you wanted to. But I mean, it's really chill. It's just, you know, some things are put on hold if they have to like build the store. Then you have to wait a day. But no, there's no like, you need to get this now. You need to be at this point at this level or whatever. No. And the music's really chill. Like I, you know, just hear it in my head. And then the people talk in not real English. So then that's fine. (laughs) And like, it's very, yeah, I, I like it because it was so chill, especially when it came out. And I was just like, I need something that's calming. And because I think the last game I had played on the Switch was um, Pokemon uh, Shield. Okay. And so that, you know, can be calming, but you're fighting things. So it's right. a little more like I have to get things done and I have to catch things, yeah. whatever. So this was like, okay, I can like do this, you know, for at least an hour a day and it'll be my like, I'm doing something fun. I can listen to a podcast if I want. It's all good. So Sound, it's like video game yoga. It sounds like you know, yeah. mind right, reset, <laughs> yeah, kick some turnips. Much. Yeah, the days I have to work, I come home and just play that for an hour, <laughs> and then I'm good. Yeah, and there's no no penalty for waiting. Like if if I log in and I do one thing on an hour and I don't get much done, there's there's no there's no penalty to not playing or not picking up. Like obviously the turnips are going to go bad, but it's not the end of the world. Like there's no, no, di- no there's no dying, I guess is what I'm getting to. <laughs> no, I think if you like maybe dropped it for a year and then came back and picked it up, like there'd be a ton of weeds and all your villagers would be gone. But you could still start over. You can pull all the weeds again 
and you can invite people back to your island. Like it's not. So do you do you see in the communities like different players that some folks will end up specializing in certain parts of the game? Like I'm just like the world's greatest Animal Crossing fishmonger, or or is it really? conducive like that you kind of do need to do a little bit of everything to move forward in your own game because some games that kind of have that open world you'll find that that some people will just go and they're like i'm going to do nothing but craft and then i'm going to sell those things i craft on the market and say like an mmo is is that really something that happens in animal crossing or do people still have to generally give everything attention in order to move their game forward yeah, I think if you want to move your stuff forward, you need to dabble in all of them. If I'm being honest, I'm not the best fisher because it's like a little like you have to time it because um, it'll like vibrate. And then after it vibrates more, you have to press A and you're like, oh, no, that I missed it. So that's that's my um, or the, the thing that I'm the least good at is fishing. But I mean, everything else is pretty easy. You dig a rock or you dig a hole, you grab fruit and catching bugs i'm okay at but there's um there's tarantulas and scorpions that can bite you and then it sends you back to your house Uh and then oh and then you can get stung by wasps and then you have like a a, your eye swollen and then (laughs) and then you it's this whole thing are there murder hornets in animal crossing (laughs) no way yes because if you get stung and then you get stung for a second time and you haven't like taken medicine um, you get sent back to your house. Oh. So now I always have, I, cause if you shake trees, like a hornet's nest will come out, but you can also get other things. Like sometimes furniture comes out of trees for whatever reason. And then sometimes money comes out and sometimes twigs come out, which you can craft with the twigs. So I would get stung like five times a day. And I was like, I, <laughs> so I was like, whoops. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, which your original question was, um, I think, you have to do a little bit of everything just to like keep going. But as far as people interacting with each other, there's been a lot of um, as far as the recipes that you have to craft things, it's random how you get them and which ones you get. Uh, Uh, Like other villagers will give them to you. Sometimes you'll find them. Sometimes they'll be available at the store, but you know, people really, uh, want to decorate their houses a specific way and so if they're and you know there's a whole catalog on whatever animal crossing website so everyone knows what you can get and so they're looking for them and then they'll like, trade either money or supplies or uh, like crafting supplies to the person that has the recipe or something so it's a lot of like just trying to get what they want and then the people so if someone's moving out i think if you visit their island you can talk to them and invite them to yours and so a lot of people have like goal villagers or like you know the top whatever that they want to have and so they'll like try and find them on another island or something or they'll go to other people's and stuff like that it's a lot more complex than i ever thought it'd be yeah originally um i mean in the first one like people would just show villagers would just show up like you couldn't pick them you couldn't find them and i i think you couldn't even ask them to move in. They just were like, I'm going to live here now. And you're like, okay, random frog. That's nice. Like, good to meet you. But now it's, uh, you'll go to like a random deserted island and you'll see like, oh, there's a lion. And then you'll talk to them. And if you have a spot open in your house or your island, that's what it is, in your island, you can say, do you want to move? And then they'll say, yeah, great idea. But if you don't invite them, they won't come. So, yeah. It's a whole thing. (laughs) 
so we've seen like you've talked about customizing your house like you you, you bought a basement and ho- hopefully it was a finished basement i mean are you seeing a lot of like variety in the custom builds or like how how is that like what what is the customizing kind of vibe there like how does that work well there's a lot of uh in the the store that they have the two little raccoons um they have different furniture every day and so there's also an online catalog of stuff you can buy and so it's really just luck of the draw or if you find something and and now you can craft furniture so that's a lot of it and you can customize the colors and that kind of thing so it's a and then some recipes rely on you having another one already so like there's this really flimsy shovel but if you want a nicer shovel you have to build the flimsy one and then you use iron and then you make the nice shovel so they build onto each other so you can go a ton of different ways and there's so much stuff you can buy. And that's, I think what a lot of people are doing trading wise, they go to other people's islands buy the other furniture that they like. I haven't really done a lot of that. It's just, I make what I want, but there's like really crazy things you can do like different aesthetics. Like there's a very Gothic aesthetic. There's very like, you know, preppy or modern or, you know, and there's a lot of like different floorings and like wallpaper things that you can make every room look different and stuff. So that makes sense. One thing kind of just to build on what Kyle just asked that had me a little confused about the game was that I keep seeing articles or or pictures or headlines and it's like Animal Crossing players are now doing this crazy thing or they've built this crazy thing. Like the one I saw this morning was like Animal Crossing players are really into art and it was like a picture of Michelangelo or the statue of David is what I think what it was mm-hmm. something along those lines and I so I was kind of wondering like is there that freedom to build almost like a Minecraft kind of style where you can build whatever you can dream of or is it just them manipulating what's in game to essentially make it look like other things well, the art is a specific thing. So that's part of the most recent release. Uh, there's, okay. there's this fox called Red, and he shows up on your island with the boat, and he sells art off his boat. But the thing is, with him, some of his paintings are fakes. So you have to... <laughs> <laughs> you have of to course look- they are. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, so you have to, like, you can, like, look at them and then if you, cause they're all like normal, like, um, like the Mona Lisa. And so they're all like actual works of art. And so if you look at them carefully and you compare it to the real one, you can tell if it's fake or not. I have this whole, um, I have a link saved that has like, they've posted every fake and the real looking one. And sometimes there aren't any fakes. So you're good to buy that one. So I've been cheating and using that, <laughs> but no, they actually sell uh, the statue of David. So that's a okay. thing you can buy. But as far as like decorating inside, people are uh, using a lot of things like because you can't like raise a level in whatever floor you're at. But people are using I don't know the right word, but like kind of an illusion to show like a second floor or like a raised level or something. So people are just getting very creative, like visually. And so it'll look like, oh, there's a step up in this room where there are stairs when they're not. Okay. Which is crazy. I even saw the design guy from Queer Eye, I think his name is Bobby. He was asking people to send them like the Animal Crossing and ask for like his opinion <laughs> on like what they would do. It's it's amazing. he like would respond and say, like, oh, this looks great, or maybe you should add this or do this. I was like, this is wild. Everybody's into it. I mean, I saw you mentioned um, Elijah Wood. I had yep. seen that a few weeks back. I saw one just from this week that uh, AOC uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez popped into what? some person's game. She's playing, <laughs> you know. So it's just, I mean, it, people from 
everyday folks to celebrities and everything in between are all over this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Kyle and I are clearly just not not hip to it. <laughs> yeah, just totally missed the boat. <laughs> Although I'll say everything you've said so far, like down to the farming, the upgrading your equipment, the mining of iron, chopping down trees and getting stung by bees, bitten by tarantulas, all of that exists in Stardew Valley. What Ooh. is Stardew Valley? You got to tell me. So Stardew Valley is honestly, it sounds like the exact same game as Animal Crossing to some extent. The only difference is visually, it looks more like the original Pokemon. (gasps) Oh. Yeah, but it's the exact same thing. You show up, you're a guy who uh, returns to his childhood town. Uh, You get a house and you you get a house. There's this corporation that's starting to take over the area, but you want to keep it a simple hometown area. Um, So you start farming. You build out a farm and it starts with corn and simple little things. And then you just you grow your farm bigger and bigger. And there's people in the town that you can go and meet and develop relationships. You can go to the store. You can go to the museum. Uh, like And once per season, you grow, up, grow a specific type of fruit or vegetable. And then you donate it to the museum. And they put it on display. <laughs> and I was like, so you're telling me all these things about Animal Crossing. And I'm like, did the dude that like built stardew valley just copy animal crossing although he said he had a lot of inspiration from harvest moon i've heard i've never played that but it sounds very up my alley (laughs) yeah and so i think they're all like these farming simulators where you you know you you live your everyday life and you do little things the interesting thing about stardew valley is you can develop relationships with people in town and eventually pick to marry one oh that sounds cool yeah is that nintendo or uh what console that on it's all i have it on switch uh, but i know that it's also it's mobile game as well we have our buddy blair he plays it on mobile uh, but i picked it up on switch actually i was listening to a podcast they mentioned it that it was another game that's very relaxing there's no urgency there's no penalty you can die but the worst thing that can happen is like you go to a dungeon and if you if you die it just returns you to home and you might lose some of your materials oh okay but that's like that's the worst thing can happen. But if you just progress day by day, like there, there's no big deal if you if you do minimal tasks that day before progressing to the night, like that's okay. If you um, there's t- events in town, like they have an Easter, uh, and there's a calendar of events. So like once per month, there's like a special thing that happens in town, and you can get some sort of reward from that. But so all in all, it sounds exactly like Animal Crossing. <laughs> is it also real time or can you speed up days? No, it, it you speed up days. It's not real time. Like there's in-game time. Um, it's played much faster. Okay. Well, and it sounded like Stardew is much more of a like a single player experience, whereas the new Animal Crossings has got a little bit more of a multiplayer community experience. Is that fair? At its core, but they just released Right after I bought Stardew Valley in January, they had just released a multiplayer aspect where you can basically live on the same island as somebody else. But I I haven't experienced that. And then in the beginning, you pick different types of islands that all have different types of yields. So if like you get really into being a corn farmer, um, yeah, you can do that. The, The big difference would be because you can progress time and there's months and there's seasons. Mm-hmm. that only certain crops grow in certain seasons. So like if in 
if you're looking, it takes four days to grow a raspberry bush and to get raspberries out of that. But raspberries only grow in the spring and the summer. Mm -hmm. So if you've got three days left of summer, that raspberry bush isn't going to give you anything. So you almost need to store the seeds, put them in a box, and then wait for spring to roll back around. Oh, wow. It's so realistic. Yeah. That sounds fun, though. <laughs> yeah, but, I might get that. <laughs> and it, it's all presented like the original Pokemon, like that top-down, like little oh. cartoony-looking person. You customize how they look. Like my dude has a little hair flick and a flannel shirt. So yeah, and if this was 20 years ago and we were having this conversation, this is where the cartridge swap would happen, and then Kyle would be playing Animal Crossing, and Emily would be going <laughs> playing Stardew for a while, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll mail it to you, yeah. Yeah, the one thing um, I do like is that the customizing feature of your character, because I forgot to say this in the original GameCube one, you were like riding on a train, like the beginning, you know how like Pokemon starts and they're just like talking to you and they ask for your name. So it was that and you answered like a few questions to this like cat that was also moving to your city and you're like, oh, you know, are you happy or whatever? And it was like, I think one of them was like, are you cool or pretty? It was very like kind of sexist at the time. And so it was like guy or girl. Um, but you came off the train and you just looked like how you looked like. And so some of them looked terrible, like had really scary eyes or like a weird face. And you're like, no, turn off the game. So <laughs> like, start over and like answer the questions differently and be like, do I look cute this time? Do I like my character? But now you can change anything about it. So that was, it's no longer luck of the draw. It's like you appear and you're like, okay, I can change everything about my person. That's pretty cool. Like at any time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have green hair right now. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I always like doing that when you get custom characters. There's like some aspects that are similar to me in real life. Right. But then there's always just these wonky things because you can do anything you want. So, yeah. (laughs) Like my big thing, this is going to sound weird because you bring up hair. Like I, I always go like dark purple oh my god people i don't know i'm a big fan of purple so i'll go like black and purple like beards yeah. and eyes and hair and stuff to be <laughs> as wonky as possible but yeah that's the glory of video games right i know it lets you be whoever you want mm-hmm. yeah you look however you need to look yeah <laughs> yes. so earlier when we got started and thank you by the way for now and infor- i feel so much more informed on oh, animal crossing, so <laughs> yeah I'm tempted to get it. Like knowing how much I like Stardew Valley. I was like, she's selling it. She's selling it so hard. I'm going to. I can give you everything. You can visit me and I can give you all the fruit. So you can be like from the start. Yeah. Just boom. Nailed it. That's what I need to do. Wait a year. So everyone has these really established (laughs) islands and then just cherry pick. Like, hey guys. Yeah. I'm new. Send me your codes. (laughs) Yes. That's the way to do it. Elijah Wood, send me your coat. Oh my God. Frodo, help us. Frodo. But so at the beginning, you had also mentioned that you've been playing Link's Awakening. Yes. And that was a fantastic, you know, remaster. It's pretty much a remake at this point with how they overhauled everything with it. Um, So tell us about what your thoughts were on Link's Awakening. So my, I guess this is another throwback story. My relationship with Zelda um again since it was a one-player game uh only one child could play it at a time and so we started off with ocarina of time of course but it wasn't really my bag like i watched my brother and sister finish it like i would you know sit behind them and be like do this this is the puzzle like help them figure it out but i never played it because it just it felt so stressful to me i don't know why because it's a child's game 
Um, but I guess I was an anxious child or something. Um, but I just like playing with them more. And so I didn't really do that. So I think the first Zelda game I actually played was Wind Waker because the animation, it was so different and a lot of people didn't like it. But yeah. that grabbed me for whatever reason. I was like, this looks fun and this looks chill and maybe it looks less serious so I don't have to feel <laughs> as much like pressure to do well. Because <laughs> my brother and sister are very good at video games. I'd probably say I'm the worst. My only claim to fame is Soul Calibur 2. I was very good at. Um, <laughs> Kick that ass. Yes, I was very good. So I played a little bit of that and then got a Wii and like just kind of dropped off again. I think there were some there were some Game Boy Color games for Zelda and it was like something of seasons and time or something. There were like there was a few of them. I don't remember what they were. Yeah, called. yeah, and so those were fun because um, they less pressure. It was just me and a little screen. And the animation was different, which I still liked. And so this is Link's Awakening just reminds me of all of that. And it's just very chill. He's very tiny. You're just like running around. And even if you die, it's not like a, and then you're like, (laughs) it's not gory. No. And it's not like a serious story. Um, You're like, you washed up on an island. I mean, you guys know this. You wash up on an island and you have to find all these instruments that are in dungeons to awaken what I assume is a bird um, <laughs> and a giant egg. I'm only halfway through. I think I have four instruments, so I'm only halfway through. Awesome. Well, you're ahead of me. I I did pick it up because I was super pumped about it yeah. and then got distracted with a few other games. So I think I'm just through the first two or three dungeons, and it's kind of in the back of my mind, like I need to circle back, but I haven't yet. So probably when travel resumes in the future at some point, like that's when I'll end up hitting it. I'll be in the airport somewhere, and I'll be crushing through it so i was well i was gonna ask you if you had played the original because i i really liked what they had done between you know if you think about back when the old school graphics you know the game boy only had the d-pad and just a and b buttons and so you were a lot more limited in what you could do and Mm -hmm. how well link would you know react when you're in combat and things like that yeah whereas the new the remastered one on the switch, you know, obviously the joy cons have more buttons. There's a little bit more fluidity to what you're doing. And then the new engine, you know, the new graphics, it plays smoother. It's, it's more fluid. So um, I didn't know if you had any thoughts there, but I know for me that made a, a big difference in playing the original versus the new one. Now, is there original links awakening? You said this is remastered. So is this a, an older game that they've redone? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah I didn't completely. know that. No, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was originally on Game Boy. Oh, see, I started with Game Boy Color, so I didn't even... Okay. That was way yeah. far off from me, so no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a beloved title from back then and kind of sat dormant for a long time, and then they, they did this. Well, I love this one, and like you said, even on the Game Boy Color, you're very limited as to like what items you can equip and how you can move and jump and everything. I was actually concerned... This is going to sound dumb. I was worried about getting it. My husband got it for me uh, for our anniversary because I've been talking about it, but didn't commit yet. Yeah. He was like, play it. And it's been, you know, kind of frustrating sometimes, which I, I have not gotten frustrated with a video game in like probably 10 years because I don't play things like this. And he's never watched me play anything frustrating. So he's like, oh, you're like getting mad at something. And I was like, yes, because I want to win this thing. <laughs> There's usually some challenge to all Zelda games. You know, they're yeah. they're puzzle, puzzle platformers, yeah. right? So they, there's always some of that. I, I definitely know exactly what you're talking about because, yeah. you know, it, it happens. Yeah, but I really like it. I like the, 
I think I can move pretty well, even though he still moves in like the little square. It's not mm-hmm. like totally fluid, <laughs> like, uh, you know, like Animal Crossing or the new Pokemon or anything, but I, I like it. And I've uh, been impressed with how well I've actually done. Cause I really didn't think I would make it that far, but I was like, Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm halfway through. I got this. That's <laughs> oh, awesome. So uh, comparing Link's Awakening to Animal Crossing, which like genre style or is there a specific genre out there of video game? Maybe neither one of these that you prefer to play, maybe even a Soul Calibur or a fighting game. Like, what's your main video gaming genre, I guess? Oh, my go-to for anything would be Pokemon. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's turn-based fighting, so I'm not really sure what that would be considered as like a... It's kind of like a JRPG style. Yeah, JRPG. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's my thing. Um, it's pretty like I will play uh, any Pokemon game that will ever come out. The reason I got a Switch was for Let's Go Eevee. I was like, oh, they're making a Pokemon game for the Switch? I have to buy one now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my... But yeah, usually um, that's the most stressful I will go. It's like a Pokemon battle. It's usually very chill, very cartoony, bright colors kind of thing. Yeah. No, um, I learned a long time ago that I was not good with um, uh, first-person shooters. The dual analog just screws up with me all the time. <laughs> that's why I like Nintendo, where it's just one. Yeah. I can't do it. Can't do it. I tried with Halo 2, and it just did not get better. So No argument out of me. Yeah. I'm not a first-person shooter person at all. That's my husband, yeah. Despite all our efforts over the years to get Kyle into, you know, certain ones here and there, Mm-mm. it's never been his jam. The Destiny effort was full We on. tried. We tried, tried so hard. So hard to get me to play <laughs> Destiny, and it just wasn't my thing. Yeah, Nintendo's my thing. Like, that, if I had to pick forever, it would be Nintendo, even though they screw with you every new console, and it's a different controller, yep. and a different thing, and nothing's backwards. <laughs> compatible and they're horrible (laughs) i still want them all and they've just they've just hooked me so um yeah usually chill colorful games Uh, i think Link's awakening is a little bit of a stretch only because it's like there's a little bit more pressure like people are coming to attack you and that kind of thing there are things coming to fight you but it's still very laid back and you can wander around and i've gotten a little more confident in it so it's better but that's that's a bit for me honestly yeah, I really am glad to see Nintendo doing as much as they have with putting, you know, the back catalog of games on the Switch because it's just so many of those 8-bit, 16-bit, the NES, SNES games from the past are so perfect for the Switch platform. And on top of that, I'm really happy to see that they're doing some of these remasters because Nintendo in some ways for a long time has kind of been like, you know, we put this game out, that's what it is, and then we'll give you new versions, but you know, or they'll resell you the original version. But I think because there was so much love there, right, that a lot of people always wanted them in that classic, classic version. Whereas now they've announced, you know, they're doing stuff like what we got with Link's Awakening. They talked about since this this year is one of the big Mario anniversaries that they're going to bring like the whole Mario catalog to the Switch. And there's been some questions on whether or not some of those are going to essentially be remastered in a a little bit of a fashion. So you know, it should be pretty cool if we can keep getting these types of things because there's so many good titles from back in the day in the Nintendo catalog. And and I think that there's a whole new generation to expose them to. Yeah, I mean, they've done it right. Like I said, the reason I bought the Switch, because I waited because I the last thing I had was a Wii and I didn't play it. So I hadn't played video games in probably like five years. Oh, wow. So they were like, 
I know, I know. Well, I got married and then like just whatever. Um, it did. Yeah, <laughs> like, life, you know. Yeah, life. Yeah. Leave it behind for a bit. And Why not? Had, we had the Xbox, and I was like, I'm not playing that. I don't want that. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, we're one console. I'm trying to save money, but they're like, yeah, it's, let's go Eevee, which is basically it's the first red and blue Pokemon, but you have an Eevee or a Pikachu that like rides on your head. That's the only difference. Oh, nice. Like it's the same. So they remastered it and they hooked me and they got my whatever couple hundred dollars <laughs> for the game and the system. And I was like, okay, you've won me over. My 10-year-old self is very excited to replay the exact same game, but a little different. And now my Eevee can wear a bow tie or something. Like, you know, it's just stupid stuff. But oh, it's nostalgia. That's a big part of it, yeah. regardless. You know, we yeah. all love, I mean. Kyle and I have just been geeking out on the Final Fantasy VII remake, and that's slowly oh, yeah. because we've got 20 years of nostalgia built up over the original. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? And and it's been fantastic. But, um, all right, well, I know we've talked a whole bunch here about video games, but I'm sure that there's been some other stuff that has been going on. So have you watched any good TV lately or, or read any good books? What else have you been into? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um- Mostly TV. I don't know why, for whatever reason, we don't want to commit to watching a movie. And I love movies. <laughs> I understand that. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and so the two, and this one was a little bit before, but I'm still, I want to go back and rewatch it, uh, is The Witcher. Ooh. I know. And then the other one we watched more recently on Prime was Good Omens, right. which we had never read the book. And it was really, um, it was really well done. I kind of want to read the book now because of it. But I love, love David Tennant. Obviously, Tenth Doctor, very good. Um, and then Michael Sheen was very good as well in it. But um, yeah, those are the two other things. Um, the Witcher, the soundtrack was so good, I bought it. Like, I just, I listened to it at work. It, the music really grabbed me. That was done really well. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't, I actually didn't even know they put out the soundtrack to be able to, like, to buy it. Well, first, because um, the 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 coin, toss a coin for your Witcher, like, that was so catchy. Mm-hmm, and I was like, right. oh, like, interesting and then i looked at this like a 50 track soundtrack and i was like yes like i want all of this it was just i'll have it on in the background it's really nice yeah sometimes shows like that i think like game of thrones or you know epic movies like gladiator or lord of the rings and things like that the soundtracks and the scores are so good for background music during work like Mm -hmm. so I, i can imagine witcher's right there with it yeah yeah the only other ones i've really gotten into were the the mcu soundtracks um like the avengers theme i just really love yeah. uh, and so i listen to that or like a lot of the stuff and uh the soundtrack for thor ragnarok was pretty good too because it had some like the weird like music and stuff because they're on the trash island i can't remember the name of it or trash planet oh and that's not an island um <laughs> <laughs> animal crossing on the brain I know. <laughs> um but uh but yeah so so the, the, the those are the two main things so I watched Good Omens. I know that Chris didn't have an opportunity to watch that show, but I kept seeing previews for it on Prime, like interviews with John Hamm, because John Hamm is also in that in that show. And then eventually I was like, I, I need to watch it. And it's it kind of fits the um, the British TV formula where it's only six episodes. Yep. So it's super easy to watch. I definitely I also want to go back. Um, and it has inspired me to, to read the book as well, because it's so funny. It's such a serious show. But the humor that it takes is just perfect. Yeah. It, I mean, it's about the end of the world, but it's still a comedy. Like, it's just so... And and the relationship between the two of them, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know if it would be, uh, like, if there would be animosity or if it would be friendly or whatever. And it just yeah. it evolved. And for each 
episode. I didn't know what was going to happen or where it was going. And then there were all these other side characters that culminated together. It's just really well written slash shot or whatever. Like, you know, I get, I guess it's done pretty based off of the book. I've heard from someone who's read the book that it's very uh, well done. Yeah. It's always a plus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done well <laughs> in interpretation. Yeah. When the book is, it's written by Sir Terry Pratchett and then Neil Gaiman and Neil Gaiman has written a ton of great things. So he wrote the Sandman for the comic people out there, like the Sandman comics. So, you know, that's top notch work. And I know he was a showrunner for the prime series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, I thought my favorite cameo of the whole show was Nick Offerman yes! from Parks yes! and Rec was Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. He, it was, uh, he played the U S ambassador that was supposed to raise the son of the devil. The one American. Yeah. The one American. Yeah. He was the one American, in the whole show. I didn't think about that. He really is the one American. That's in the whole crazy. Show. Technically John Hamm, but like it, he was portrayed as an angel. Yeah. So I'm like, because you always, it's weird to see Americans in British TV because then they sound weird. Um, yeah, I was just like, big <laughs> and I was like, oh, look at that. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's hard not to see him as Ron Swanson. Yeah, because he looked the same. Yeah. <laughs> the mustache. That's true. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. You got it. You're kind of increasing my interest here because I remember when it first dropped, like they, they were pushing it kind of hard. So I definitely had seen a few of the trailers. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, oh, it looked like something that I would watch, but it totally went to the back of my mind. You know, I totally kind of forgot it was out there and hadn't circled back to it. So it's good to hear you all talking about it. And, you know, you, you talk about John Hamm and Nick Offerman. Those are folks I really like to watch. So I might have to go and, and check it out finally. Yeah, I mean, I would I would highly recommend it to anyone. Um, but you, you said you preferred David Tennant over Michael Sheen. So am I to say you would rather spend a day with Crowley than uh, as for fail? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. He's yeah. more fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> both are fun in their own ways. But um, yeah, I do. I do like David. He's Tennant. got that swag. And the, yeah. and the sunglasses. Yeah, the little, yeah, exactly. It's a thing. <laughs> it's an aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, although, whole other discussion. Not my favorite doctor, so that's for another day. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Doctor Who discussion. That'd be that's a whole other, a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So you mentioned The Witcher too, and and I have to say. I I was really into The Witcher. I thought that it was done well. You mentioned the music. That was all super fitting. The set design, the plot. I mean, I thought that they hit on every note with that show. Is that a type of show that you typically do like to get into? Like more of that action fantasy? Or or was it something that kind of came because you're also watching some Game of Thrones recently? So it fits into a similar genre. You know, How did that come for you? I, in general, love fantasy. That was always the type of book that I read, especially growing up. I was obsessed with dragons. Uh, I would draw them all the time. Uh, Most of the books that I do reread, um, fantasy, uh, like maybe a little sci-fi based. And so, so that's, I just feel like there aren't a lot of shows like that. And everyone was talking about it because it's based off a video game, obviously, I don't, I've never played the video game. I've never read the books. I knew nothing about it going into it. So it was kind of fun just to like get into this world. Love Henry Cavill. Very good looking man. (laughs) Uh, Didn't hurt. Got that jawline. Yeah, like shirtless Henry Cavill. 
Yep. <laughs> the white hair, I'll go with it. That's fine. I'm okay with a guy with long hair. Um, so so um, I knew he was a good actor. And uh, a lot of people, my husband was excited. Some of my coworkers were excited about it. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm game. And then just watching it, like, the story was um, so interesting. And, like, you know, some of it was gory. And there was some sex in there. But it was just, like, a good balance of everything. And right. it just seemed like something that most people could watch. And, honestly, it just felt like what I wanted Game of Thrones to be. I can understand that. Um, I like the music better. I like the people better. Um, there aren't, like, trash people that I hate. Um <laughs> Like, not everyone was dying. Like, I just, I don't, I'm in, um, we made the mistake of thinking they were more episodes too. So when we got to the finale, it was done and we were like, wait, uh, oh no, we're done. Like, we thought there were like two more or something. And so it was really upsetting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had nothing bad to say about it. I tried to get my whole family to watch it. I don't think anyone's watched it. But, <laughs> but like, even my parents, because I was like, come on, you guys. Because they'll watch like almost anything. They'll watch some weird stuff. And I was like, you guys, this is really cool. It's really good. But yeah, I don't know. The acting was so good. The characters. Although one thing I did notice watching it very quickly is that I don't know anyone's names. Right. Uh, oh. Or the names of the places. Because I feel like they kind of assumed you knew a little bit or could remember. Well, it's all, it's a Polish story, I believe. I think the author was a was polish born and so my understanding from the short stories because that's how it started was he wrote a, a couple different short story books and then cd project red really made it famous by turning it into the games and but i what i understand is that a lot of the lore and locations and things like that in the books are based on you know like traditional polish lore and polish myths and things like that and I know that there was a lot of folks that had very similar comments, especially if they hadn't played the games or or read the books, just simply because it's like there's some like Gerald and Yennefer are very yeah. kind of normal and easy. Yeah. But then there's a whole bunch of others that I can't even think of at this moment because they're so, you know, different and complicated. Girl's name. I don't know her name. Yeah. And so it, it just makes it a little tougher for sure. I'm, I can totally understand that. Um, if you, well, I guess if you're not into action RPGs a ton, then maybe the Witcher three wouldn't be up your alley. But if you did like the Witcher and the stories, then wanted to check something out. Witcher three is one of the best games ever made. You know, it's like 200 hours of action RPG. They bring the entire world to life. You get to run around as Geralt with the two swords and just, you know, kick a bunch of ass. So it's, it really puts you into it's that immersive style game where like, you know, you can go and dig into all the lore and all the NPCs will tell you stories. You know, it's really deep. Oh, side quests on side quests on side quests. Yes. Yes. Oh. That's how it is. Exactly. Lots and lots to do in that game. So, so who ended up being your favorite character then? So with you being non-familiar with anything going into it, mm -hmm. just watching the, what was it? Six or eight episodes we got. I think it was eight. eight. I thought it was supposed to be ten. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. who who ended up being your favorite character? Um, I'm trying to think because it was it was hard because you would see like you know the backstories of a lot of them and, and then like sometimes time would jump and that kind of thing. Right. I mean, really, the only one that I was like gung ho for the whole time was Gerald. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I, I liked as his you should be. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I feel like it's such a cop out, but I'm like, yeah, I like him because he was like, I liked his attitude. He's a little sarcastic, you know, a little whatever. But I didn't like, and and maybe this is because it's a TV show with eight episodes. How obsessed with Yennefer he became, like that, and I was like, I don't like. Okay, I mean, I guess it's it's a TV show slash video game, so fine. But yeah, it was just like, no, we're meant to be together, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. like why do you care? You, you just met her. That one is tough because of the time jumps of that show. Yes. Like, and you assume that there are side quests that are happening off screen over the year jumps. So, like, he's developing this relationship, but we don't get to see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you're going at face value, unless they talk about something in the past, you're like, well, this seems quick. Yeah. Like, because it was like, maybe they met in that one where she was, like, hypnotizing everyone in the city or whatever. And then... The next time it was like, he's really, oh, I think it was the dragon one. And he was like really into her. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. Like what's going on here? You don't even know her last name yet, man. No. <laughs> Be cool. But, but yeah. And, and his, um, the little, the minstrel guy, I don't know his name either. I liked him. He was a good comedic relief kind of thing. The bard. The bard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yaskier. Was that his name? Yaskier. I, it's, I know how he's to always sp- the bard to me. He's always the bard. Yeah, I can yeah. spell it. I know it starts with a J. It's like I think it's Yaskier <laughs> if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Somebody will let me know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a great show. I know for Kyle and I, The Witcher was great because you know we have been watching Game of Thrones since you know it had launched and it had ended as a series just a few months before The Witcher came out. Oh yeah. And and so you know for fans like us. The Witcher was kind of filling a void in that action fantasy genre, right, as far as television goes. But kind of to transition into GOT, for Emily here, she was way too cool to buy into the early GOT hype <laughs> and and only started watching the series, what, like last year? Uh, almost a year ago, yeah. Okay, yeah. So she's been yeah. late to the game, but she's also doing something super fun as far as um, this goes, because she's podcasting about the experience and you have a show called Game of Groans. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and, and how that's been going? So, um, like you said, very much too cool for school when it came to Game <laughs> of Thrones. Um, in all honesty, I think when it first came out or maybe it, when it was in its second season, my husband, or my uh, now husband, then boyfriend, um, had been watching it and was like, oh, the show's so great. It's so cool. You should really watch it. So um, we were long distance at the time. I went to visit him. We watched the first episode. And as soon as they pushed a kid out of a window and it ended, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> really? Like, oh, I was done. See, that's usually uh, the hook for everybody. I know. No, I was like, no. oh, my God, what happened? Well, at first, I, I obviously assumed the child was dead and he's not. <laughs> but it was like, you know, at the end, like it was kind of weird already. And it was like blue zombies and then, you know, incest and then child assumed death. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, that is, is not true. There's yeah. a lot care. going on. Because yeah. I was like, I was, I knew there were dragons because it was like this whole big thing. And I was like, even if the show does have dragons, I'm done. Like, I don't care. <laughs> so I actively did not watch it for the entire time that it was going. All my friends were obsessed. My sister, my husband, everyone talked about it. And like, you know, the whole world blew up about it. And I was like, I don't like that show. No, thank <laughs> yeah. you. I don't care. Fuck this um, bullshit. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but for the last, um, I think it was like a year or so, 
when it was like ramping up. I think there was like a couple of years in between like the last season or something. And I'd been listening to more podcasts. And so this is not an unfamiliar format of watching or reading something for the first time and talking about it and podcasting. And I was like, well, I could do that for Game of Thrones because I don't know anything about it. And everyone that I know has watched it. So I'll have plenty of people that want to be on my podcast. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I thought and I was like well if all else fails my sister and my husband will do everyone with me and we'll (laughs) do it um so I've been thinking about it for a while and then it was getting towards the last season was going to come out and starting to come out and I was like oh I got to get on this so that somebody else doesn't do it first of all and maybe someone is I don't know um but also so that like you know people are still thinking about it right so the show ended in April and by June, I think was my first episode and I had recorded like one or two and Okay. And and the first whole season was just like friends and people that I knew. And my goal was to at least get further through the first season, see if I enjoyed doing it, see if I was okay enough with the show to keep going. And I'm already in season two. Uh, I'm releasing less frequently, so now it's only every month. But you know, hopefully I'll get back to bi-weekly, maybe by season three or something like that. But yeah, that's that's what I did. <laughs> it's been pretty remarkable considering how popular it was and how many people around you watched the show that it wasn't spoiled for you at all. I mean, I know little things. Um, I think more now that uh, it's over, people are putting little things into pop culture more. Like it's becoming more of like, oh, everyone's already seen it kind of thing. So I'm more scared now that something will randomly get spoiled, like offhandedly and like a TV show or something yeah. than I was. Cause um, I knew I was going to do the podcast when the last season was coming out. So I was actively trying to like, not listen to anyone talk about it or not catch anything. Cause I was like, I don't want to know how it ends before <laughs> I even start watching it like that. And I'm pretty sure I don't know. That's amazing. Cause that's no small task. I tried really hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was when I was, like very actively avoiding it but otherwise like you know i was on tumblr i've seen things and the biggest thing is that i know who lasts until the last season at least the main characters because they were promoting the heck out of it yeah you so can't I avoid know that peter yeah. Dickens is still there most of the starks are still there uh i think cersei and jamie are still there i don't know i'm pretty sure um but like and and everyone else dies like that's <laughs> yeah and i knew dragons i knew of characters like i knew natalie dormer was in it um uh I'm trying to think who else they're like i knew there was a person named hodor like, <laughs> just, you know you hear things oh and king joffrey i knew about him i knew people hated him didn't know why now i know very like i'm i'm hip to that um but some of those things are unescapable when in the when a show or any ip is that popular right oh yeah yeah but yeah i just I don't know how. And even if I saw things, I probably forgotten them because they didn't matter. Right. So have, have your thoughts about the show changed then? So you talked about how you didn't really like it watching the pilot episode originally, but now that you're into season two, you're having these conversations with different folks. How have your thoughts changed on, on the show since then? I wouldn't say I'm a fan okay. yet. Oh, wow. Um, I know it's just, <laughs> Like, I'm interested in the story. I like some of the characters. Like, I am actively interested in what they're doing. Some of it is just kind of, like, eye-rolling. Like, okay, like, this is what we're doing. Especially Jon Snow. Not a fan. Just kind of over it. Hot take. Oh. (laughs) Wow. Okay. 
Get Harrington, <laughs> no thank you. No, no, not at all. But yeah, his whole story, he's just like, oh, whatever, like, you know, I miss my dog, and like, I don't know, he's just, I don't like him. He's very brooding. He's very brooding. He is. The last episode, um, and this is, uh, this episode is going to come out when I've talked about uh, episode four, but in the next one, he's like brooding on a mountain, and like everyone else is getting stuff ready, and he's like, Oh, and say, like, like he's not doing it. He is the worst. <laughs> uh, he's he, always like melancholy, just like looking yeah. around. It is true. I don't, I don't know. So yeah, so whenever he comes on screen, I'm like, oh great, it's this guy. But I mean, I do, I do like some of the people, but I just, I'm not hooked. Like, I'm not obsessed with it. I'm not, and maybe I won't be. I don't know. Like, I, I was hoping that eventually I would turn into a fan and it'd be like, yay, Game of Thrones. But so far, I'm like, the stupid theme song and, like, these people, I, I don't know. That's interesting. It's totally fair. I mean, it's definitely not for everybody. Nothing is, right, you know? But it's almost more commendable to me now that that you're still having those feelings, but you're still proceeding with the Game of Thrones uh, adventure, essentially. So you're still walking through it. You're still having these conversations with folks. I think that's very commendable. Yeah, I mean, it, it, part of me like needs to know what happens because I'm never going to guess. <laughs> like, it's so wild, and like I know there are going to be so many like twists and turns and weird things that happen. And I know there's a red wedding, and I know nothing about it. <laughs> and so, like, I gotta, I gotta know. But so, I guess in that case, or in in that in that instance, like I am curious. And, yeah, I'm curious. I want to know, but I'm just not like, oh, I love the show. Sure. You know? Yeah, sure. like Jones in to watch the next episode. Yeah, I have waited. I think the longest I've waited between recording um, was probably like a couple, a month or two. Um, so I'm not like actively like, oh man, like I need to watch the next one, you know, next. It's I can wait a little while. Well, looking at your episode, so you said you started with your close friends and your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that you've transitioned into season two, you've, you've started to host more strangers on the podcast and like interviewing them. Yes. Have you noticed like there's a big difference between having friends and family and talking and versus a total stranger? For me, I notice a difference because I'm a lot less, uh, and hopefully this doesn't come off less, um, comfortable, like to begin with, just because, um, like usually there's like sex or someone's penis or like, you know, you know, there's things. And then I watched the episode and I'm like, I have to talk to this person now that I have had one conversation with <laughs> and we're going to talk about like, you know, yeah. or like, and, and then the first season, like I was pretty chill about it and they were people that I already knew or like were, you know, acquainted with. And so it was like, Hey, we're going to talk about this dumb thing and it's silly and whatever. But now it's like, okay, like, Oh man, like, but you knew what you signed up for because you knew we were talking game of Thrones and I gave you a random episode. Mm-hmm. So sorry. Like, yeah, it's uh, true. Maybe it's more my anxiety than anything else. Um, but everyone has turned out great and very chill and like, you know, wanted to talk about it. So I haven't had anyone that I didn't want, like th- that uh, wasn't game and very fun to talk to. Yeah, I think they kind of tear all the curtain down with that first episode. Once you get <laughs> that blend of like murder and incest and the whole nine yards, you just know that you're in for a ride and and it just comes with the territory once you're talking Game of Thrones. So. Exactly. Yeah. And they know that. I just always forget until I watch the episode. And I'm like, oh, I have to talk about that. And like, 
dumbly enough, like I get really awkward when um, usually I'm speaking to like a man and then I'm like, oh, there was sex. And like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Like, we have to talk about this. Oh, weird. Um, but it's like, whatever. You know, it's a, it's a dumb show. Yeah. You know, you just start everything off like it's ninth grade health class and everyone to go penis, penis, penis. Vagina, vagina, vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. I really should do that, actually. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's so funny. So where can people find your podcast? If they want to check it out. It is on every major podcasting platform. It's called Game of Groans. Uh, I've got a website, gameofgroanspod.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all Game of Groans Pod. If anyone ever wanted to email me about anything, it's gameofgroanspod at gmail.com. There you go. By the time this episode comes out, then season two, episode four will be out as well. So I'm almost halfway through season two. Great. Plug along. So, yeah, and I've got other people lined up already. So season two is looking pretty good. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a ton of fun. I've enjoyed listening to it. And I mean, I'm a Game of Thrones super fan, so it's right up my alley. And you are on it. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Yeah. I was one of those weird male guys that had to have awkward (laughs) penis discussions with Emily at the beginning. (laughs) You were season two, episode two. Um, So if anyone wants to go back and listen to that one. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I actually think when we got on there, now that you mentioned that, like that was one of the first things because that episode did have some interesting, interesting moments with Theon and his sister and you know yep. some other folks. Yep. And we kind of just broke the ice right away before we started recording. And we're like, let's just go ahead and make sure this is all good. But but you know, like I said, it comes with the territory with that with that IP. So all right, well let's wrap up here. And and in order to do so, I wanted to kind of do something fun for us. So. Um, I did come up with a little bit of trivia, if you all are cool to play. We're going to call it Out Geek the Geeks. So it's a little bit of pressure on both of you. Kyle's got to prove that he is a true geek and Ooh. and maybe get the most right here, right? But Emily might be able to out geek him. Okay. Does she know more? Uh, and setting this up, neither of them uh, are aware of what the topic is. But we've got three multiple choice questions. And one bonus question, especially if we need a tiebreaker. So, have you prepared a lightning round? I did oh, not do a lightning round. Oh, shucks. Okay. Maybe you, next time. Yeah, yeah, maybe next time. You're changing the rules on me. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, so I will. I will read the question. I will give you uh, three multiple choices. We'll let each of you answer, and we will see who is the bigger geek. Who answers first? Uh, I'll let I don't know. Want to flip a coin? Do I have a coin somewhere? I want to say you can. Do you want to? <laughs> we can alternate. Yeah, we can alternate. Okay. Do you want to answer first on the first one? I'll answer first yeah. on the first one. Or, okay. Sure. Like yeah. home and away, home field, home and away. away. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. You're making these. You don't even know what the topic is yet. I don't. No. <laughs> yeah, I could have just totally shot myself in the foot. Like, <laughs> like I'll answer first on the first one, and Chris is going to be like. Animal Crossing. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, I did keep it in the realm uh, of what we were talking about today. I did not go Animal Crossing. So, but I went a little more broad and I went with Nintendo. So, we have a couple of questions here that are specific to Nintendo and we will see, uh, see where we end up here. So, question one What year was Nintendo founded as a company? A, 1987, B, 
1889 or C, 1965? Kyle, what is your answer? I'm actually going to say B, 1889. All right. Emily? Gosh. 1965? 1965. The answer was actually B. Wow. Nintendo is much older than most people know. Okay. It was founded in 1889 as a trading card company. Oh, dang. And they sold these things. They called them, I think it's Hanafuda cards, but they were used in like family party games, card games, gambling. And then that eventually over the long period of time turned into toys and technology and so on. So, yeah, I knew that it wasn't a video game company at first. And that's why I was like, I bet it's way older than I'm (laughs) thinking. Maybe I telegraphed that one too much with the. The one from the 1800s. I don't know. All right. Well, we're through the first one. So good job up front. Number two here. What was Nintendo's first video game related project? Was it A, the Magnavox Odyssey? B, the Nintendo Entertainment System? Or C, the Famicom? What were those again? Can you say that one more time? Yeah, absolutely. So A, the Magnavox Odyssey. B, the Nintendo Entertainment System, so the original NES, or C, the Famicom? I want to say Famicom because it sounds wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a vote for C here. Kyle, what are you thinking? I'm a C, Famicom. Famicom. You would think that. No! You would think that. But actually, the, the real key here was the first video game-related project. So the answer is actually A, the Magnavox Odyssey, where Nintendo had actually worked with Magnavox at that time, I believe in the 70s, to produce light guns for the original game Shooting Gallery. So Nintendo was a toy company, and they would make certain toys, and they had these guns, these light guns, and they were working to figure out how they could bring that into video game technology. Hmm. So, and, and then we got Duck Hunt. And then, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Then it evolved into things like Duck Hunt. Exactly. That's pretty cool. So hopefully a little education with the trivia. That was the goal here, too. So, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question three. Which Nintendo console has sold the most units? Is it A, the Nintendo 64, B, the Nintendo Switch, or C, the Nintendo Wii? I think, Kyle, this is on you to answer first this time. So it's it's the, either the it's either the, the 64, the Switch, or the Wii. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which has sold the most units. Mm. Uh I'm gonna say I it's a toss-up between two, but I'm gonna say the Wii. Okay. Kyle says the Wii. What about you, Emily? I was gonna say that too. Well you can. You don't have to answer differently. Yeah. You're absolutely no, that's what I thought. Okay, I wanna say the Wii. You're gonna yeah. say the Wii? You are yeah. both right. It actually was the Wii. The Wii sold 101 million units, which is also which is almost the same amount that both the Switch and the NES combined sold. Wow! So, um, so number one, like I said, the Wii at 101 million units. Number two was the original NES at 61 million, and then number three right now is the Switch at 55 million. Wow. Wow, that's cool. Thought that was pretty interesting. The Wii was so much fun. And it was like such a big thing because you could move. And yep. the only reason I leaned towards that is because I didn't get a Switch when it came out. So I was like, but I got a Wii when it came out. And I was like, 
that's what it is. Well, and the Wii was one of those types of products that almost like the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it made it cool to play video games for like old people who weren't gamers or young people. Like who didn't love doing the bowling and tennis and stuff, you know? My grandparents love the bowling. Right, right. So you get those like transcendent type products and and it goes through the roof with success. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So I think um, Kyle's in the lead at two correct and Emily's got one. I gotta tie it. So she could tie it and then... And then maybe our first trivia here, Out Geek the Geeks, will end in a tie, and we'll have to come back at a later date and do a do a uh, another tiebreaker. Yeah, a lightning round. <laughs> a lightning round. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's on me. All right. So, bonus question: okay. How many official Yoshi colors are there? Is it A seven, B fifteen, or C eleven? What defines official? Yeah. Official, like colors of Yoshi that are used in the games. Like there are an official number of colors that are used for Yoshi in the Nintendo universe. You said it was 7, 15, and what was the last one? It was A7, B15, or C11. I think 7, A. 7? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I feel like there was 7... I was in my head. I'm trying to count from like Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> I'm like, when you go to Yoshi's home and they're all there, how many oh. colors? But now I'm sitting here overthinking it. Like, okay, what about the baby Yoshis that just came out of the like egg? Are they like a lighter color of red or a lighter color of green? And that's like a different color. <laughs> uh, I'm 11, 11, saying 11, 11, 11. He did get it right. That's a good no! guess. That's a good guy. You split the difference. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking because I'm. That's honestly oh. what I thought. I was like, I bet that like the little baby Yoshi's are a slight different than the full Yoshi's, and they're counting that as a different color when really it's just like a shade or a tint. So, I guess you were on the right track, but that's not quite true. So it's not necessarily the difference between baby Yoshi's and regular Yoshi's, but there are just eleven standard like official colors that they've used. And it is red, orange, green, light blue, blue, pink, yellow, purple, white, black, and brown. Oh, I didn't yeah. know about those three. Okay. Yeah. Some of them aren't as popular as others, of course, but... Brown, yeah, I was going to say brown Yoshi. Like, who... <laughs> well, you know how, like, all the Yoshis have a different kind of superpower when you eat the egg? Yeah. I'm wondering if, like, okay, well, what do purple and brown and pink, like, what are their powers? Good question. Because I know, like, blue Yoshi, when you have a blue Yoshi and you eat an egg or a shell, you get wings and you can fly, um, at least in Super Mario World. So I'm like... Probably depends on the game. Now I got to know. Now I'm going to Google as soon as we're done here. (laughs) Well, and actually, now as you bring it up, it kind of, it could also be because, like, Yoshi is in Super Smash Bros. and some of those games where you can pick uh, a whole slew of colors. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe some of them are just added in for that. Um, but according to Wikipedia, there are 11 official Yoshi colors. So, um, so Kyle, you, you defended the defended inaugural yeah, Out yeah. Geek, Geek <laughs> trivia game, title here. <laughs> quality, yeah. Quality work by Emily. Good try. Good try. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wasn't sure, you know, how, how big your history was with gaming and Nintendo, but I thought that that might be broad enough to, to make it fun and hopefully, you know, share some stuff with the audience that maybe they'd never heard before. So 
Oh yeah, yeah. I love it. So that was that was the best guess I could have done. So yeah. no, I was, I was, it was say, there was good. only one that I was like one hundred percent knew I knew. Like the other ones, I'm like, right. okay, this is a pretty solid guess. <laughs> yeah. And I never knew about the Magnavox Odyssey piece. I mean, most people do think that the first Nintendo related system was the Famicom, which is short for family console. It was like one of the first video game consoles they ever pushed out. But apparently, yeah, they had this history with Magnavox. And actually, they to take it a little bit further from what I read, Nintendo eventually became the sole, like they had the sole rights to distribute the Magnavox Odyssey in Japan. So that was what kind of got them started with video games. And then they realized there was a lot of popularity and that they, I guess, you know, enjoyed that business or wanted to get into the business. And then they, you know, developed it into the Famicom and the NES. And then now we're all the way down here to the Nintendo Switch. So there's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's all we've got for today. But we want to say thank you big time to Emily for coming on the show. It's a big moment for us having uh, one of our first guests, you know, for, for something like this. So, yeah, thank you. Hopefully yeah, you had fun. Yeah, I had a great time. This is exciting. Thank you for listening to Geek Ketchup. If you enjoyed today's chapter, please remember to subscribe to Geek Ketchup on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out Geek Ketchup on Facebook and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Ketchup Pod for updates on new episodes every two weeks. You can find links to all these accounts in the show notes below or at our website, www.geekketchuppodcast.com. Stay saucy, you nerds.